0: Praise God. So last week we were talking about prophetic intercession, and uh, we went through fasting as a form of prophetic intercession. So the really prophetic intercession refers to those operations of the spirit that may be nonverbal, um, may be somewhat dramatic or attention-getting but they have significance in the realm of the spirit so the angels of god interpret it correctly the demons in hell interpret it direct correctly it's the human beings that kind of don't get the right meaning you know cuz we're kind of caught between the two sometimes so we we want to make sure that you understand what God is doing when he calls for these different operations of the spirit. So last week we talked about fasting. We were pretty much trying to wind it up. We summed up the fact that fasting is to release spiritual power in us and through us. So it affects the vessel that is fasting. It affects us so that we have power greater power in us and through us than we had before and this power lasts it's not just uh you know you pay for it one time and then it's over uh this power that god releases to us during fasting lasts because what it does is it replaces some soulish territory in us some some um habits some behavior uh fasting really afflicts what the bible refers to as your soul it afflicts your soul even though it it goes through the body it has everything about you has effect on everything else what your body goes through affects your soul if you if you get hurt and you have pain your brain picks up on that your brain knows you are in pain you understand then it kind of tells your arm or whatever you know, you ever had expected something to be painful and you automatically react to it or say ouch or something. You said, well, oh, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because we're programmed in a certain way to respond in certain ways, uh, to certain things. So your whole being is involved in every experience that you have in life. Amen. That's why we have memories. Your memories are stored so that if you got stupid that one time, your memory tells now listen, remember what happened last time you did? You know, you have memory so it tells you don't get stupid again. You know, it's coming up. You might get tempted. It's on the way. You understand what I'm saying? And so we have memories because we can govern ourselves, spirit, soul, and body, and and allow ourselves to make right choices, follow God, stay on the right path based on the fact of the whole man. The spirit, soul and body are together. So your your when you fast, you really engage your spirit in a greater way. You allow your spirit man to kind of stand up, stand up to attention. And he gets to attention by the operation of your mind, your soul, your thinking. You make the decision. That's part of your will. Your will is part of your, your soul. Amen? Your will tells you to do it or not to do it. But your will is influenced by your thinking. Most people have to get facts and information before they make a decision. Amen? Some people are emotional in decision-making. They don't think. Amen. And like, you know, some people will do something. They say, well, what were you thinking about to do? You understand what I'm saying? How would you make that decision to get in that much trouble that quick? Amen. Now, most of us haven't been there since we was toddlers. But you can get there. Amen. There's people sitting up in prison now who trying to figure out, how did I get from over there to over here? You understand, I was just going to work. It got in trouble. And so your will has a lot to do with how how you behave, how you think, all of that. Your will is what governs your thinking, letting certain thoughts in and not letting certain thoughts in. That's all a part of your will. Amen. And so God wants us to be people who are totally integrated. He can work with us best. When the spirit, the soul, and the body go the same direction. If we all go with him, then that's when he can work with us best. And fasting gets us there. Fasting will get you to the point where your spirit is in control. He controls your thinking. He controls your thinking, controls your movements. You know, you you think about the first, I don't know how many of you ever prayed for a sick person. Uh, You know, the first time you laid hands on somebody, it wasn't an impulse. It was an unction. Now, impulses come from the flesh. Unction comes from the spirit. Amen. What happened when with impulses, you can control them to a degree, and then you put your mind on something else in that extinguishes the impulse, but it will come back again at some point. An unction isn't like that. An unction will come upon you to do something. If you don't obey it, it may not come back for a long time. Come on, y'all. Scaredy cats. Scared to pray for your own little baby. And command that fever to leave. Amen. Amen. And so you'll know, and, and God will try to help you again. You, you start reading your Bible again. You say, I know my baby doesn't have to. I know I'll have to run to ER every, or urgent care every time this baby doesn't feel well. And you'll start understanding more about how the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, how he's working with you, how he's training you by unction. And unction means that there is a supernatural power coming through you and upon you that helps to guide you to the release of the power of God so that you can do the will of God. The will of God is for all of us to be well. Amen. But we all know we have to allow the Holy Spirit to train us in that operation. It just doesn't come up out of nowhere. Amen. I know I used to try it when I was a new Christian. I would call myself laying hands on people. I expect them to be healed instantly, and they were. So I had to go back to the drawing board and let God treat teach me what was really going on. You know, when Jesus would lay hands on people, you're just looking at it. It looks like they everybody instantly got healed. Then you look at yourself and say, why don't that happen for me? Amen. It's because obviously he had something you don't have. Amen. That's the obvious thing. Don't ever quit on on the operations of God. Just know that he's teaching you. Amen. He's training you and you can't wear God out. Amen. Remember when you you were little and your mother kept telling you to clean your room and and pretty soon you woke her out because she quit telling you. Then she get man come back and tell you two weeks later. Amen. To see if if you you still remembered. You got me? Well, the Holy Spirit doesn't do that. There's something with this mic, honey, okay? Well, maybe not the mic, but you want to fiddle with it a little bit and get it straighter? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Nah. See, it's bouncy. Praise God. Nope. It gets it when I hit it, but I can't be hitting it all day long. Praise God. Praise God. Is this on? Praise God. Praise. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. That's better. Okay. All right. So where was I in my whole edifying? No, I was given the example about how the unction works for healing, how it works for different operations of the spirit. And so once we understand the unction of God, then we'll be more inclined to want to look at this as a learning experience that's going to pay off for us. See, this is going to pay off big time. This is what you're in the earth for. You know, I don't understand what people think that you're here just to go and warm a pew in a church all day long. The Bible says believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Amen. You won't recover anybody if you don't understand how this works. And so one of the ways that we know you increase your, um, your anointing, your sensitivity to the spirit, And increase the power of the spirit that flows through you is through fasting. So fasting, we say, is a prophetic movement that allows us to move into greater power. Amen. Can he can he kind of pay attention a little bit more? Oh, come here. Come up here, sweetie. He's fine. Will he hug me? Oh, good. Come here. Let me give you a hug. I'm having power surges this morning. I'm Pastor Barb. Come on, give me a hug. Ah, uh, what's your name? You. Wonderful. Well, it's good to have you here, sweetheart. Okay. You. you be blessed. All right. See, I can feel the power going through him. Wow. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. So he's here for a good thing. So as long as I know we're good, OK, God will give me. Yeah. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. So so when we understand how this works, we can be more teachable. Uh, and one thing I want you to be encouraged by, once God starts revealing things to you, there's more coming. There's always more coming. So it's not like, oh, I didn't, I didn't learn it this time and I tried that and it didn't work. Oh no, there's more coming. So if God took the time to, to use you for something, point some things out to you, start putting his power on you, then he's doing it for a reason, for a good reason. And so when we, when we know that God is working with us, it's good to stay with that. Amen. And, and just take it to where it goes. And, and get this in you from the beginning. The power is not you, it's God. So you don't have to be, feel bad about it, make excuses or, or, you know, it's not, that's not you. That's not your, your problem, so to speak. It's not your issue. It's for you to continue. And, and when you have experiences with God under His anointing, always talk to Him later and ask Him. Remember when the disciples would do things and it didn't work out for them? And they would go back later and say, why couldn't we cast that that devil out. Why couldn't we? You know? And it was appropriate for them to ask him behind closed doors. Not everything is for the general public to understand and to know amen and so they because they knew they would get a full understanding if he had privacy if he had time if they had time to ask questions all of that so anytime jesus was with the disciples aside it was a learning experience and a teaching experience and so this is a good thing about the holy spirit he still teaches he still wants us to understand he still wants us to know and so when we understand that the fasting is for power, you see that in Luke chapter four, we'll just go back there real quickly. If Jesus needed it, we did too. We do too. Amen. He, we, he needed it. We need it. So it says here in Luke chapter four, verse 14, this is after Jesus fasted 40 days. At the end of that 40 days is when the devil came to tempt him. Amen. So your fasting is really consecrated by God that the enemy won't interrupt you or won't divert you until that fasting period is over. You ever had people come up to you and say, pray for me, pray for me, pray for my consecration? No, you don't need no prayer if God told you to do it. You're protected until the fast is over. You have grace to endure the fast. You won't keep craving hamburgers if God told you to do it. Amen. Amen. I mean, don't be afraid to go without food for crying out loud. Amen. I think we've all had some experience with not enough to eat or wonder where the next meal is coming from. If if we could have learned how to turn it into spiritual power, boy, we the devil would have let us alone about the money for the food. Amen. <laughs> so anyway. But Jesus, it said he returned in the power of the spirit to Galilee and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues being glorified of all. So really, when Jesus came back in power was when um, his ministry really started to take off. They had had. I asked him about some things that he had done in other cities or stuff like that, but it's, it's pretty much well known that his ministry was fully empowered when he came back from his fasting, time of fasting, and he came to his own people in Galilee, and he taught in their synagogues, and of course they rejected him. Amen. Keep working with this until you get it consistent, okay, honey? And he he told them that the spirit of the Lord was upon him because he has anointed him to preach the gospel to the poor, sent him to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are bruised, and to preach that this was the acceptable year of the Lord. In other words, it's time for this now. Whereas prophets in the past would always tell you when it was coming or they'll tell you when it's gone. Amen. But he says it's, you can be healed at any time. You can receive what you need from God at any time. And this is the acceptable year of the Lord or the acceptable time of the Lord. And so after he fasted, he came back in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so this is what we need to understand, that when we come back from fasting, we should have an increase in anointing or an increase in power, Something ought to be better, spiritually speaking. You understand what I'm saying? You ought to be more attentive to the word. You ought to be, and I would say this, ask God for what you want before you start fasting. And make sure he gives it to you. Don't be afraid to ask for what God, I want miracle work and power. God, I pass too many homeless people that look so confused and dejected. Can you, can I at least be able to pray over a handkerchief and give it to them or a piece of cloth or a cap or something and give it to them, prepare socks and, and let them come to know you. You understand? And so these are the things that we need to do. And fasting is prophetic because it's an action. That we do. It's an activity that we do that will empower us and set to set captives free. And that's what you want. You want you don't want power. So you be rich. Amen. Because that's not what the anointing's for. Amen. That's what your Bible is for to teach you how to prosper. But the anointing is for ministry. It's for ministry to those who are without. And so once we understand that and we start to. Moving that, we'll start to understand that we have a lot of resources open to us whereby we can receive um, more power, uh, more anointing, that we can um, see more miracles, uh, we can see more success in how God uses us. All of those things will happen as a result of fasting. So when Jesus came back in the power of the spirit, you will too. And just because you don't have a a demonstration of it immediately, don't let the devil make you think it didn't work. Amen. And ask God for a sign. You know, ask him, God, if this is working, just give me a sign to encourage me, you know, that I did the right thing. You know, man, I was sweating thinking about giving up them hamburgers and french fries and Oh, Come on. Make it worth my while. You know, we can do that. And so um, God will will accommodate us in things. Um, I remember when, when I was trying to think how long ago this was. It had been 20 years ago. I know it was because uh, my late husband was still alive then. And I remember asking God. He told me to start telling people that he was going to do miracles in the ministry. And I looked at them and they looked at me, you know, like I had. Wings growing out of my back. I was like, I ain't got no power. I'm dependent on him just like you are. Amen. And so so when we start to talk about it, see, when you start to declare things, human ears will fight it. The atmosphere will fight it. It'll seem like everything is against it the first time you say it. But then I continued to say it, and then I would hear "Amen, Amen." You know, people were receiving it, and so I'm thinking, well, they're with me. At least they ain't gonna fight me over the miracles, you know, because it's it's best to make sure that the the corporate atmosphere is right for what God wants to do. You don't want people getting up and saying, "Ask the devil," you know that that you know. I mean, come on, y'all. This this is why we preach is to persuade people. That's all we do in persuading them of the truth of God's word. And so whenever we honey, you're going to see some improvement in him from this day forward. okay? you really are. Yeah. Here, let me give you this. I just prayed over these. Let him put it on his bed. Let him have make friends with it. Well, how? Yeah, you're welcome, honey. How? I, I had those two pillows before you came in here, and I knew what I wanted to do with one of them. I didn't know what to do with the other one. So the Lord just let me know, okay? So that's anointed by God. He'll get power surges off of that, okay? Where God begins to heal him and completes his healing, amen. So praise God, praise God. You you obey God, amen. When you brought him, when y'all came, you obey God, amen, amen. Praise God. So, um, okay. So where was I? Um. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was telling you about my experience, but but I was looking for miracle work and power. And I asked God to to increase the power because we were getting people healed. You know, he was doing some things in our meetings. But, you know, as a minister, you always want more, you know, um, because God wants more. And you start to obey God in a greater way. And so when when God started to to work with me on that, I just asked the Lord, I said, well, Lord, I I want I'm going to fast and I'm expecting at the end of the fast, you know, yada, yada, yada and more power. And so I was in the middle of the fast, I think, like the first day. Amen. You know, which is another thing you need to know about God. He knows his kids. Now, one day with yours truly is like 10,000 with somebody else. But, you know, he said, one day that's enough. You know what I'm saying? So I remember um pouring some oil, cooking oil, into a measuring cup. And I poured out the amount that I needed out of the bottle. And the, the cup, went, you know, like a half a cup or whatever it is. And I put the bottle back down, and it was the same amount of oil that I started out with amen praise god and amen praise god and to be honest with you that anointing is still with me today i bought a bottle of perfume now i'm gonna just tell y'all my dirty little secret you know it's just whatever um i you know i was in i was in somebody oh yeah i was at a department store well ladies room One time. And I noticed that it always smells so good in there. And I ran into one of the cleaning ladies one time and I asked her, I said, what do, what, what room deodorizer do y'all use in here? She said, girl, they don't buy us room deodorizer. We get, they tell us to just get some perfume off the rack. And so I realized, I said, now I'm playing for room spray when I can get some, not, not the kind I wear, but I can get perfume and do the same thing. And that's what I did. Well, I bought a bottle of perfume, and, and it's, been, it's been almost six years ago. And every time I go to spray it, there's still more left in the bottle. Five years, over five years. And I'll look at the bottle and spritz it, and it'll start out real small. But then after I keep spritzing it, it gets more and more. You understand what I'm saying? And so God will, will let you know that the power is still working. He has not shut off the power. Amen. In ways that, that just, you know, that's just my little thing with God. You know, he'll, develop these ways of communicating with his servants so that you know he's working you have confidence he's working you have confidence the miracle working power is still there so that's why i get confident when when we have to pray over these articles and stuff like that i know god will do miracles through his power if we release it the right way amen so in and i've learned something about god's power I've learned never to refuse to pray for people if they ask for prayer or if they ask to have hands laid on them. Amen. Yeah, some people get funny. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, people that halfway anointed and then they want to avoid people all the time. Get your entourage to take you in and take you out because you ain't got nothing from nobody. I know that trick. You don't avoid people if you have something that's going to make them well. You scared they're going to ask you to do something you don't know how to do. Yeah, I said it. All them people had him entourages following them in the church because you don't have no power. You need to look like you got something because you ain't got nothing. I said it again. I hope they hear me you understand what i'm saying yeah absolutely yeah my brother over there witnessing to you like that didn't you that's right i'm rebuking them all this morning amen so anyway but but that's a, i mean that people do that stuff they think they pretend they think they fooling somebody they ain't fooling god go get something to help somebody with amen so, so anyway, God will do these things. He will assure you that the power's there. Amen. He will assure you that, that what you have is real and that what you have is from Him. And so all I can say is keep doing it. Whatever you're doing in the Lord, keep doing it and expect to do more. Amen. Always expect to do more. So if Jesus need, needed fasting for power to be released to Him, we needed to. Amen. So, so in Isaiah 58, that's where we get our understanding of what, what fasting, when God puts you on a fast, what does it do for you? And I'm going to put this blanket up here. I think we, ah, got it. Isaiah 58. And he says, is this the fast that I have chosen? Amen. In 6, verse 6, is this not the fast that I've chosen to loose bands of wickedness? Amen. So you will find greater authority. To cast out devils or to take authority over sickness, uh, to heal the sick. Amen. It's to loose bondages to, to, and, and undo heavy burdens where people are oppressed. If you've ever seen a person, maybe they, you know, told you, you know, well, you know, I've been having this and having that. And you say, well, why don't we pray? We'll just pray. And you'll watch people's countenance change. That's what he's talking about here. You know, when somebody goes from gloom and doom to to joy and and hope and optimism, that's an operation of the spirit. Amen. You you've seen people that go around, tell their problems to everybody and get a pep talk from everybody and they ain't no better yet. Amen. They just keep collecting attention and pep talks. But when you come in with the anointing, Amen. The greatest thing you can say to somebody is, why don't we pray about it? Amen. At the end of every conversation that you have with somebody, you need where where something's expressed that there's an issue or there's a problem. You need to offer to pray and allow God into that situation, because that's really why he led you to them and them to you so that you can intercede so he can get involved. And he can really bring some help and bring some relief. So that anointing on your prayer is chopping yokes, casting out devils, releasing power. It's doing all of that just by your, your saying God's word into that situation. That word is coming in there to destroy yokes. And so, uh, and it says here, and to break every yoke, it is not, is it not to deal bread to the hungry? Don't forget the poor and the needy when you are fasting. Amen. In fact, what what uh, many people do in churches, and I've seen in churches and ministry, they'll say something like, well, can you save what that meal would have cost you or save what you would have spent on that meal and send it in and we can send it to so and so feed the hungry or, you know, take that. If it's canned goods, send it to a food bank or someplace like that. Well, it will go directly to the poor. Amen. That's always a good thing. It's always to have the poor either in your cupboard, in your pocketbook or in your closet. Amen. Always dealing out, uh, your, your, your things to the poor. And he says, when you see the naked that you cover him, And don't hide yourself from your own flesh. Then shall your light break forth as the morning and your health spring forth speedily. So you're going to get healthier from fasting than you would have if you'd have stayed with the food. Amen. You know, there's all kinds of people that and now now I don't recommend this for people who have real health issues related to food. Like people who are diabetic, you know, you you got to control that with medication, and sometimes it's hard enough to control that way. But, but, you know, but if you're diabetic, give something to the poor. You know, don't skip fasting, the fasting principle altogether. Make sure you fast in principle, amen? Like turn some of the junk off that you watch on television, you know, including your news that you can't do without. You know what I'm saying? And in, and, and, you know, little frivolous things, take money that you would have gone to a movie with or something like that and and give that. You understand? But fa- always fast in principle. You know, it's to really to afflict our flesh, afflict your soul so that you're not like over there in the flesh, just enjoying things by the flesh. God wants us to learn how to enjoy spiritual things, how to have fun based on the spirit. All of that kind of stuff. He wants us to begin to enjoy life in the spirit. Amen. So, so it's good. And he says, he says, then your light shall break forth as the morning and your health shall spring forth speedily. So if you want to speed up healing in your body, you put, you put yourself on a fast. I remember I, when I was, uh, um, I was a nurse in the world and I was always Going to the doctor. I mean, when you when you in the world, you just do that. And if if I felt my bladder felt funny, even you know, I was running off getting me some pills. I had to have them, you know. And I remember getting a twinge in my bladder after I got saved, and I thought about. It. I said, God, I said, I'm I'm off the doctors. I'm done with that. I said, what do I do? And he told me he he told me to take the scripture that I blessed my dinner with that you will bless our bread and our water and take sickness away from the midst of us. And so I began to to speak that and meditate on that, and I went on a bread and water fast, and I was thinking three days. Well, in a day and a half, that thing was broken. In fact, by the time I went to the bathroom the next time, you know how that is when you, when you have that old infection that used to grab you when you was a sinner? Amen. You think about going to the bladder, you put it off as long as you can, because, you know, the minute you sit down, you want to jump up again. That one, that thing was gone. Amen. That was broken. The first thing that gets broken often is our pain. If we'll let the Lord take it away from us, he bore our pains and carried our sorrows. He took that away from us. And so that's a guarantee that God will do those things for us when we allow Him to govern us in, in a good way to do it is through fasting. He said, your health will break forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. In other words, when you get to the, the, uh, uh, what you call it, the, bank people or the loan people. to give. When you go to, to buy your car, they won't look at you like you some piece of dirt off the streets. You know how they walk all over you and try to go to the, the rich looking people? It, well, I'm going to tell you something. If you save, you can never look rich enough because the devil's going to make sure they shun you if they can. But the Bible says your righteousness will go before you and prepare a, a seat for you at the head of the table. You're the head, not the tail. In fact, they'll be stepping over each other trying to get to you. Amen. And you ain't got no clue if you got money to pay for it yet. But they're going to be fighting to get to you. Because your righteousness, there's no law against righteousness. They can't turn you down. Righteousness means you cannot be turned down for anything you desire. Amen. That's in the will of God. So so your righteousness goes before you. So here you get an increase of righteousness and the glory of the Lord will go after you. So his goodness will follow you. His his manifested presence will go before you. It'll be your rear guard. Then you shall call on the Lord and he'll answer. You ever called on God and you weren't sure he heard you? That's going to stop. You get on a fast. Amen. And you shall cry and he'll say, here I am. He'll answer you speedily. He'll be right there. And if you take away from the midst of you the yoke, the putting forth of the finger and speaking vanity, in other words, you ain't got room to say nothing bad about nobody. When it says putting forth the finger, that means accusing somebody, disliking people. Talking about them, backbiting, gossiping, put that away. Them kind of people don't get nothing. Amen. He don't bless gossips, backbiters. You gotta know how to use your tongue appropriately for God to use you. Amen. And if your heart is right, your tongue will follow. Amen. And he says from speaking vanity, he don't want to hear no nonsense out of you if you're fasting. Amen. You got to put your tongue on a fast. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. And he says, then you'll start to rebuild, restore. All of that stuff comes from the power that God releases into your life as a result of fasting. So it's worth it, folks. It's worth it. A Big Mac here and there, some fries here and there. You know what I'm saying? Skip a meal. Some people are, it's easier sometimes a day than for others. For some people, take advantage of that. If you're one of those people that don't roll out until you have to, like me, (laughs) I set alarms on Saturday and Sunday. That's because God's expecting me to be somewhere. But them other days, I roll out when I roll out. You, You know what I'm saying? So it's easy for me to skip breakfast, lunch, and half of dinner time. Now I don't roll out on those six o'clock in the evening. Don't go there. I heard that. Well, not always, but But you know what I'm saying. Take advantage of, of that. If your your bodily rhythm is such that you don't have to eat at certain times, then skip those. Make it easy on yourself. But consecrate yourself to the Lord. Get in the Word more. Let, let that, that word, let yourself feast on the word so that he can feed you with manna from heaven and it'll pay off from you, for you. In your prayer life, in your praying, laying hands on your, your family members, that's where you start first. Amen. You, you pray for those within your midst. Don't skip, don't be scared of your own kids and your own you know loved ones and then think you're gonna go conquer the world it don't work like that you can't cheat god god said nope you got to take the persecution that comes when your family said oh ma i was still sick the last time you did that but this time it's really gonna work son have faith in me let's keep going for it amen you know, uh, but God won't do you like that. Amen. He will, He will make it successful for you. You know, they'll, they'll, you know, the, the natural inclination really is for mothers to, to pray for their children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, take yourself away from some worldly stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, just sacrifice something. You know, if you usually watch, you know, movies on television. I said, turn the TV off for that period of time. Yeah. And, and just give God, it's giving God your full attention. That's really what it's all about. Give him your full and no pleasant bread. Like if you can't really fast, eat normal food, but lay off the cookies and the sweets. You know, yeah, that kind of stuff. Cause it said Daniel did that. And he ate no pleasant bread. Amen. Wasn't no Twinkies. Wasn't no red velvet cake. Wasn't no, you know what I'm saying. Cinnamon rolls. I saw y'all this morning. Amen. That's alright. Long as you blessed it and ate, it's alright with me. I will not condemn thee. Amen. But, uh, that's, that's really what you do when you fast. And we, we really had a policy when we would have our empowerment meetings. We would ask people not to eat from midnight the night before until that morning after you got to the meeting and we would always supply bagels or something like that so that, you know, you couldn't go and tell people, lie on me and say, I'm starving people over there. I gave you all something to eat, so don't go there with me. Amen. But, uh, you know, you always at the break of the fast, you always feed yourself, you know, when it's over. Feel free to have what you want to eat, but you know it's good not to overdo it. Sometimes it's easy to binge and and all that kind of stuff when you be fasting. So you got to watch how your mind reflects on it. So yeah, but whatever, and you can work that out with God. Just say, God, I want to offer up something. What do you? What do you? What will? What will be acceptable to you? And let God work with you. He'll work with you, honey. He will, and you'll see the same results from it that if you had had given up the food so yeah yeah that's a good question so anyway um so there's no law against righteousness there's no law against faith any of this stuff prophetic intercession is often necessary because as we said these are movements that we do in the natural but they have profound effects in the realm of the spirit And they will have a natural manifestation at some time. So um, let's go next to the book of Joshua, and we'll talk about the ministry of Joshua toward God's people and how God was able to deliver Israel through prophetic operations of the spirit. So in Joshua, I think it's two, verse one. The Lord really has promised Israel the city of Jericho when they first go over into the promised land. That's the first city they come upon in the land of Canaan. Uh, Joshua, as you know, is Moses was his understudy, his servant, and his successor. And God begins to outline what what uh joshua's ministry will be so i'll i'll go through chapter one a little bit and show you the prophetic movements that were made available to god's people to expand their territory receive the promises of god all of the stuff that god told them to do there were many prophetic movements there in uh, joshua one verse two uh god talked to joshua and he said moses my servant is dead now he had to tell them that because they didn't know where he was nobody saw him die amen so it's not like you know it's he's repeating news he needed to inform them that moses had died the last they saw moses he was going up to the mountain to to be with god he was up on his way up to the mountain, and he had been up there many times and came back down again. He'd been there as times as many as 40 days and come back down. And so God has to inform them. He said, now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, unto the land which I do give to them, even the children of Israel. And this is a prophetic action. Verse three, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon. That I have given to you, as I said to Moses. So he says, I give you every place that your feet step on as you're led by God. Amen. Not something you just want and you go tiptoeing over there and jumping all over and thinking it is yours. But as God leads you, know that he has given you every place that your the soles of your feet tread. Why? Because he is now introducing righteousness into a sinful land. Everywhere righteousness goes, righteousness possesses and kicks sinfulness out. That's why the devil fights us so hard about everything. He's not, it's not like we just gonna come and be there, you know, and kick back and go home. He knows that we have the power of possession just by stepping on certain properties or stepping on certain things when god directs you to do it this is the thing you know you got to get this in your mind it's not these aren't operations that we just do because we want to do them this has to be led by god amen we we uh we would have off-site meetings, you know, like meetings on the road. We would have to meet with our church in Detroit and in people in a city in Toledo and all that. We start, we always had road meetings. Well, it looked like we weren't going to find a place to have them. And so we decided to go to another city. Now we had always had our empowerment meeting in Toledo because it was pretty much halfway between Cleveland and Detroit. And we had a, a a family that that lived there, and it was local for them. And so they would always help us find a place when we needed one. We got kicked out or terminated from the, it, you know, getting kicked out. Don't get your feelings hurt. You know what I'm saying? You know, if you work for God, you liable to get kicked out of anything, anywhere, and then you liable to be put installed anywhere, and you don't know where you might be. So we quit getting our feelings hurt about stuff a long time ago, <laughs> you know, just say, hey, God, where? Where now? You know, we got to move. Where now? He led us to Sandusky, Ohio, which is y'all who are, well, Clevelanders, y'all know where Sandusky is. But it's a little bit of a jog from Detroit. And, you know, it's not bad from Toledo, cool from Cleveland, but, but it was a ways off. So we we prayed about it. And so we started looking there. And we, we found three potential places where we could have been. We wanted air conditioning, of course. You know, you can't go somewhere for a four hour meeting and sweat the whole time. So that was on the list. And then, you know, ac- easy access because we had bring equipment, yada, yada. And so it looked like there was this one church that kind of stood out. So I had Nola to negotiate with the, the pastor of the church. And uh she after I told Nola, she said, Well you might as well let your pastor know. They make fun of me in this I'm the talk of this city, you know, and she wasn't yeah, she was bragging on you. Yeah, I I, I have gay membership here. So when Nola told me that, I told Nola, I said, Okay, I'm I'm good, you know. Don't worry about me, boo. I'm good. God got me, you know what I'm saying and um so god said to tell her go ahead and sign it i'm with you amen go ahead and sign it we had our meetings on saturday then the people in these churches now barely come anyway you know what i'm saying and and if they come you know when they come on if they happen to fall in on saturday that's just like hey this is god's plan you know we're gonna preach to somebody today and so it, it was no fear for me but i i was a little concerned About people who are too anti church acting out. You understand what I'm saying? All that kind of stuff. But God said, go ahead and sign. And so I was thinking, you know, we were there for a minute and God hadn't spoken to me much about the gay people at the church and what they were doing. And they would have their literature there and, you know, half nude men on the cover of their little pamphlets and they got them sitting in the lobby of the church you know i mean that's provoking to some somebody who's working for god you know and i could see i said okay well devil you're trying to get me riled up but i tell you what i said i'm gonna wait for god to tell me what to do when to do it and if if we make a move what move to make and what move to make when and we were there we had been there maybe what a couple of years it was about two years and and in that in the the midst of that two-year period they had started to bring out uh they were having some kind of anniversary for the church and they would display all of the history of the church all of the things that they had done throughout the years That was a post on the Underground Railroad. They were an anti-slavery church. They had a couple of revivals there. They had some people there that I was familiar with from Michigan, the Beale family. And they really were instrumental in getting many churches baptized in the Holy Ghost. So these were spirit-filled, what were they, Lutheran or Presbyterian Lutheran people? Spirit-filled Lutheran people. And I, my blood started to boil. I said, God, you mean to tell me that you visited this place like this and this is what they're doing now? And so I didn't say anything. I just held my peace. I talked to God about it. And then one Saturday we walked in there and he said, I want my church back. And so it was then that we began to walk, march around there. We drove around there seven times, just like Jericho. And within two months, there was a for sale sign on the church that she was moving out amen uh this stuff is powerful folks if you amen if you do it under god's instruction and you don't get heft up in the flesh you know now i I can remember a time where i would have said god let me get them out of here i'm gonna get them i ain't eating nothing until i can get all these folk out you know that kind of stuff but i've learned (laughs) a little bit anyway but uh yeah and and really, right after that, COVID hit, and everything was shut down. But the pastor of the church called. She called me, or she called you, Nola? I think she, she called you. And I think I spoke to her. No, she told Nola, she said, well, you know, we have to move now. So she and her little crew was moving out. But she invited us to come to their new place. She said, it's a strip mall. I said, that's where you need to be. You don't need none of God's property. And I hope you run out of rent money real soon. You know, she was inviting us to come follow them wherever they were going. No, no, I was never following you to begin with. Doing my own thing in God. But, uh, you know, these these are the outcomes. This stuff is real, folks. It's real. And if you will let God lead you and you will have faith in what you're doing. You read these stories and they look like stories. You got to read them again until they don't look like stories till you see yourself doing these operations of the spirit and in what what God wants you to do. So every place you put your feet, you will possess it. Amen. There've been times where we we were at a church where um the um first church that we were at where where Nola, Pastor Shirley and I all met and um we had just begun to pray. The pastor allowed us to pray and I was telling him, I said, You know, Pastor, I said, There's some devils in this building, you know, where he said, Oh yeah, he was scared too. He thought I meant him. I said, I ain't talking about you. You keep your devils, but anyway you know i i was new in the things of god relatively speaking but i was finding out and so the lord told me one time he said i want you to to walk around this this building seven times and i did it every night (laughs) faithfully for seven days last day seven times and um then later he told me, he said, now I want you to go cast this devil out of here. He said, because it is. And I remember that thing. With, you would have, he would, the pastor would have an altar call and people would be moving fine and you would feel a cold chill roll up the middle of the aisle where people were going. And they would stop coming forward. Everything like stood still. And I said, Lord, whatever that is, that is not you. And he showed me devils had turned that into a bowling alley. And they were actually bowling and throwing strikes and it would knock all the people that wanted to get saved out of the aisle. Kept the chill on there. Now you ain't going to let the devil have bowling in your sanctuary. But see, my hang up was it wasn't his building it wasn't this church it was somebody else's building and so god told me what day to go and i went i think i don't know if nola was there i think she had little howard or somebody <laughs> she had to take a day off afternoon off but pastor shirley and i Kay near yeah the three of us went and we decided we were going to pray in the sanctuary well as we were going in this was on an odd day It was like a weekday we were going in and there were some women that we knew belonged to the congregation that owned the building. They stopped us at the door and they said, What do you want? And I said, We're going in to pray. And they said, Okay, and moved out of the way. See, when God sends you to do something, demons get they'll try. Now we had gotten nervous and said, Well, we don't really want anything. Yeah, well I told her, uh-uh, we're going to pray. She said, Okay. They moved right out of the way, and we walked in, and we began to pray in the spirit. I'm going to tell you, praying in tongues will save you, folks. It'll build you up. It'll get the fear out of you, and it'll save you, and we touched everything in that sanctuary. We walked every pew. We walked, touched every seat, every cushion, every back of the pew, and then we felt something when we started to go toward the altar. Amen. That's where it was lodged. And and when we, every time we would move toward the altar, we would hear some creaking across. They had a wooden, you know, those beautiful wood ceilings they have, paneled wood, beautiful wood. We heard some creaking walking across the ceiling. <laughs> so, every time you move, it would go, creak <laughs> creak. And we take another step, crick, crick. if you step backwards, you didn't hear nothing. You say, well, I'm going toward the creek, creek. You understand what I'm saying? At least you know you're making progress. And when we finally got to the altar, there was this big Bible sitting up there. And I touched the Bible and I could hear some little like scratching noise. And I real quick messed up the pages of the Bible like that. And we heard some noise, footprints going all the way across the ceiling, out the front door. You got me? From that day forward, we had nice services. Amen. Praise God. Them devils left. Wasn't no more bowling games in the middle of the service. You understand what I'm saying? See, many times, if if you're doing work for God, the devil will have to do something to try to scare you off or steal. You steal the souls from you that God is wanting to have saved. And so when, when, when we saw that, we knew that God had done something because not only did we hear that manifestation, hear him leave, but there was a change in the atmosphere in there right away. So you could tell you got a release in your spirit. You got a peace in your spirit that the job was done. Amen. But I'm going to tell you some about religious devils. They like Talk about OCDC. Oh, my goodness. They like it. uh, The Bible to the exact page they turned it to. If you mess with anything on that candlesticks, we rattled them all. Amen. But when we start messing with that Bible, they'd had enough because their order was upset. Their regimentation was gone. Their their authority and their power was tampered with because this is the one thing they depend on is that Christians will not want to mess with stuff that we consider holy. Like the Bible is holy. They all they won't touch that. So we'll keep this just like this and we'll keep our power here because we have authority when they set stuff up that gives them authority. They set it up to do what they want to do there. Amen. So they don't set it up like, you know, you go up there and read, oh, 23rd Psalm, I'm familiar with that. You know what I'm saying? You just don't, don't get that. And so, and many times they work through authority figures in the church. They will cause them to set things up a certain way. And once they got it set up, then they know they're in control because they made the head guy do that. See, and so this is this is what you're up against, folks. When you talk about that's why I've learned how to chill with God. Don't get real wound up about devils or nothing. You understand what I'm saying? I get excited when people get saved. I get excited when they get healed. But as far as what the devil's doing, it don't move me. I, it don't really roll me like that, and so and it 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 doesn't mean anything about me that he's given me authority because he'll do it to anybody who pay attention to him, but you got to study, you got to pay the price. you can't just pick this up a one time read and think you can go take the world for God now, there have been people that tried that and failed miserably, and they're still suffering from it. So I don't recommend it. Amen. So so always respect the power. God, this power you don't know anything about. You didn't pay for it. It's not yours. But God graciously has thought has has decided to confer this power onto his church and people who will accept it and people who will work with him in it. So in Joshua, chapter two, he tells them every place the soles of your feet hit, you're going to take it. So as you go forward, you're possessing territory. As you go forward in God, you are possessing territory. And he says here, he told him, verse 6, be strong and of good courage. Good courage is that lasting courage that only comes from God. Amen. Now, you can have human courage, but that ain't going to take you too far. The minute the devil does something that really rattles you, you quit with that that so called courage, amen, but if you're of good courage, you'll get your courage from God, move with God, and he says, because this people will divide an inheritance of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them, <coughs> excuse me, and he repeats it again, only you be strong, he said, you're only going to get this. If you're strong and of good courage and if you attempt to do the operations of God in your flesh and when you feel like it, you're going to you're going to peter out real quick. You'll last and you'll last a long time if you'll respect God, respect the power comes from God. And you can't jump up and, and do what you want when you get mad at the devil and you decide you're going to cast him out. You It doesn't work like that. And he says this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Now, this is for all believers, ministers on down, but to meditate in it day and night that you may observe and do according what's written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. It says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong. He says it three times. Be of good courage. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Why? That was Israel's big downfall, was fear. They tried to act like they were mad at God and all that, but they were really scared to go forward. They were scared of the enemy and that was proven the first time God tried to get him to go over and take the land. And so he says, Joshua then begins to give orders to the people and verse 11, pass through the host and command the people saying, prepare food for within three days you shall pass over Jordan and go in to possess the land which the Lord your God has given you. And so the people began to <clears throat> uh answer Joshua and agree to do it. In verse 16, it says they answered Joshua saying, we're going to do everything you told us to do, Joshua. Amen. <laughs> Just like we did with Moses, we're going to do with you. Amen. So we didn't hear any, any murmuring so far. Amen. So then in chapter 2, we see Joshua sending spies. This time Joshua sends what? Two spies, not 12. When they went over, Moses made the mistake of sending 12 spies, and Joshua saw it. See, the best thing you can do when you're learning is take notes, learn how to take with you what works, and leave behind what don't work. Joshua realized, he said, out of them 12, it was only two of us that had enough courage to go over. Says said, so I think I'll work with two. Amen. See, 12 is is like being diplomatic. Every man a tribe. We don't want nobody to feel left out. Joshua said, I don't care about that. I'm sending two because if they can see both see the same thing and agree, we got it. Amen. He didn't want to do that. Two was easier as it worked out logistically because they had to be hidden. You got me? Because this was a very secret, clandestine operation. The first time God sent them to the promise, they went and spied out the 12 spies. God was more gracious to them because they were just learning. The more you learn, the tighter it gets. Amen. God is expecting Joshua. Wait a minute, Joshua. Don't play that 12 stuff again. That did not work. You know it didn't work. You don't even have faith for that. You got faith for two. Amen. So send two and I'll work with the two. And it just happened that that uh, Jericho was being closely watched, whereas Canaan the first time was not because they were able to go into Canaan and and pick some grapes and, you know, all this kind of stuff, bring some stuff back and have evidence of of the the lush soil that where they grew the crops and all that kind of stuff. They had evidence how good the land was here. No such thing. We not petting y'all up another time. Amen. This is for real warriors. This is for your hardcore soldiers this time. You don't need all of that. You know this is a good land. That's been proven already. In other words, God said, you're going to have to take my word for stuff now. I'm not going to baby y'all like I did the last time. So as it works out, they were being closely watched. Why? They found out when they got there through Rahab the harlot, she said, they've been watching for y'all. She said, everybody in this city is scared of y'all, me included. Can I be your friend? And they allowed her to amen. amen. She was the first one to plead her case, amen. And so she was able to work with them. And get assurance from them that they would bring her family out alive. And they put the responsibility. He said, "You got to hang this thing in your window. So if you're scared of standing out, you're over. Okay? We got to see this. You got to stay in there till we come and get you. And and it was a done deal. And she was able to hide only two spies on top of her roof. If there was 12 of them, the roof would have caved in." You understand what I'm saying? And so sometimes it's good to minimize your numbers. You don't have to take everybody with you where you're going. You understand me? If God called you, he called you. Not you and Babra Nim and you know, man, man and cuz and little cuz and big cuz. Come on now. He called you. And you be the minister to man, man, little cuz, big cuz, and all them people. Amen. So God will sometimes separate you out so that he can bring you up to a higher level. Amen. So we're going to stop here again, Miss Vicky. We're going to have a number, whatever is next. I don't know. You know, preachers, we can run our mouths forever. But we won't. We'll stop. But we want to pray <clears throat> before we... Adjourn. We pray it at the end of this teaching so that we can um, tie up some things and um, and be possessors. Amen. We want to. <laughs> Praise God. That's okay. You can. What you do Is it? Praise God. Praise God. Turn it up a little bit. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Is it on that side or the other side? Praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Turned it off and then on, so if that makes any difference. Praise God. So so, praise God. Got it up high enough? Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. We're going to pray the seed of the righteous again, <clears throat> especially in, in light of the fact that there are so many children that are being ad- abducted and in, in not accounted for, You can leave the music off for right now until we get the prayer done, and I'm good. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that our children are righteous seed and that you have them covered with your word. Thank you, Lord, our seed will have a good outcome, that they will have success in everything they set their hands to. Thank you, Father, that the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. They shall not beg bread. They shall hate sin and the devil that they will have God's covenant established in their lives, that they will inherit everything that we have in God and increase in his glory. They shall increase exceedingly, and of the kingdom of God there shall be no end. They shall possess the gates of those that hate them. They will choose life that they may live. They will fear and glorify the Lord. They will be blessed, be fruitful, increase abundantly, be multiplied, and wax exceedingly mighty. They shall inherit the earth and be established forever. They will be mighty upon the earth and be delivered, though hand joined in hand. They will have the Holy Spirit poured out on them. They will have the word of God continually in their mouths. And we declare that the glory of the latter house, that our children's generation, will be greater than that of the former house, our generation. They will be taught of the Lord, and great shall be their peace. They'll be trained in the ways of the Lord, so that when they are old, they will not depart from it. They are the heritage of the Lord, and they will be filled with wisdom and have favor with God and with man. And they will honor their father and their mother, that their days may be long on the earth, and it will be well with them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen again. Praise God. Amen are we are we good ladies we on we still been on well that's good we got our work done praise god all right why don't we do our declaration praise god you want to start some music now you can we'll see what we get done here praise the lord his mercy endures forever praise you praise you praise you hallelujah thank you lord all right repeat after me i don't have rona she don't have me. I can't get wrong. She can't get me. I don't have and whatever else you're battling. And it don't have me. And I thank you, Father. By your stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen. And amen again it's so decreed, amen.